has anyone from the palace actually uh, responded to any of this? Has anyone from the, the inner workings of the crown actually said, you know, we apologize, we're devastated, we, this should never have happened? Has Charles ever said anything about this? Yeah. Now, one, one of the things that, that your audience need, needs to understand about the, the Channel Islands, of which Jersey is one, and also the Isle of Man, you know, where they have the famous motorcycle race, we are what, what are called crown dependencies constitutionally. So we're not actually part of the United Kingdom, but we are still British. And what most people, even on these small islands, don't know, they just don't get it, you know, constitutionally and legally. And I didn't really appreciate this until all of this kind of oppression started to happen. That whilst the United Kingdom is a constitutional monarchy, in which the monarch is the head of state, but only kind of, you know, doesn't have any power, and ultimately it's the government ministers that make the decisions and whatever they advise the monarch, the monarch has to go along with. Constitutional monarchy. That's not what prevails on places like Jersey. Jersey actually, when you dig into it, when you can go back to the kind of British constitutional things like the Act of Settlement, you know, uh, and things of that nature, the Crown dependencies were expressly written out of this kind of deal that the monarchy had to sign up with in order to establish the United Kingdom. So actually, when it comes to places like Jersey, we are still, you know, covertly, we are still a pure monarchy. Owned but by the Queen, literally owned by the Queen. I don't know about owned so much, but she is the power, the, the head of the state. And ultimately, if the Jersey establishment are lobbying, successfully lobbying, the palace and the queen's courtiers and all of that kind of thing if say a british government minister said we're a bit worried about what's going on in jersey we think this is you know very poor you know standards of governance there's a breakdown in the rule of law there and they had said this you know had been discussed in privy council had been discussed with the monarch if the monarch says well you know you know uh, well i you know I, I think it's just fine you know, um, because, you know, she, she will have been, and her apparatus, her court, will have been very, very heavily lobbied by the powerful Jersey elites, then th there was no way that they're going to intervene uh, to cure the, the complete breakdown in, in governance uh, on, on Jersey. And it is a complete breakdown. You know, it, it, it's that overtly corrupt. And you, you have to wonder, you know, when the child abuse controversy erupted on Jersey, what actual role you know, did somebody like Prince Charles or Prince Andrew play, you know, in speaking to their to their mother and, you know, just contributing into that whole lobby, this whole mystical court? One of the huge problems with the United Kingdom as an entity, as a country, is this absence of a written constitution. And when you try to dig into it, where actual proper accountable lines of responsibility lay, you know, when you try to get to you know, proper governance, the actual effective rule of law, who's responsible for which part, into the centre of the British constitutional situation, it all just dissolves into fog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, the Queen there's new, certainly is above the law. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do mm -hmm. to take to you know to put the Queen behind bars, and certainly her family can't be um, you know prosecuted in a, in a in a criminal way. Sorry, in a civil way, they can be in a criminal way. But it's very very hard to get justice uh, if the if the Crown oh, or sure. the people that they um, that they have around them, the courtiers, whatever you want to call them, they can commit crimes pretty much you know without with impunity sure. because there's just 
there's no mechanism that really stops them. And so you look at a structure like uh, like the dependencies where you've got you know huge amounts of financial crime, and let's just call it what it is. It's a ton of money laundering taken yeah. illegally from places like Russia, stolen out of Russia from the people of Russia yeah. by the leaders of Russia, funneled into Jersey, and then funneled out to buy fancy condominiums in every city in the world, every big city in the world. That's what's buying those condos that everyone loves because, hey, look how nice our streets look. Those condos are being bought by dirty money stolen from the Russian people or out of um, human trafficking or out of drug trafficking or, or any of those kinds okay. of things. Sorry, go ahead. I'll be, okay. This, this, is this, is, this is where... This is where I come in. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to complete that point. I, I that, can I just finish that one point? That just the money's coming yes. is, you know, the queen or the royal family or whomever is overseeing each of these uh, offshore holdings. They are saying it's okay. They are actually blessing that money because they're saying it's okay that that money's coming from, from dirty sources and washing through my banks. Go ahead. Yes. All true. So I think what we're what's important to say now is we're really talking about even though stuart has brought us all the way back to you know this is centuries of stuff going on with these with the islands um but really because we came in on the abuse i think that the years to look at that are important are from the 70s and 80s all the way up to the mid 2000s mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. the block of time we're talking about here and in that scope of time, um, we had the fall of the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's more, you, everyone says Russian money. I would really encourage everyone who wants to keep looking into this to look into Kazakh money um, and some of the other former Soviet, um, especially the stands, mm -hmm. <laughs> the mm -hmm. ends of stand, look into mm -hmm. it, um, of the, of the, of the oh, yeah. Soviet empire, because the, the, syndicate underneath that that has evolved with vladimir putin right at the head of it eventually um but that's a that's a 30 40 year evolution as well of a crime syndicate yeah. that was interconnected before the soviet union file and its connections didn't change so it, mm -hmm. it's a it's a little broader even than just russia today uh, because the syndicate underneath everything, and I, I say it in a singular term because it is sort of one big morass, but it has many, many tentacles and many, you know, everyone can get into that with me later about, well, there's 2,000 different crime syndicates and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I'm talking about this, the way of moving money through these, you know, the people who are the, in the power to move the money through these vehicles which are islands right through the financial mm -hmm. institutions that are there without without anyone on the other side of that meaning ultimately the queen the crown questioning how that money was made in the first place that's what doesn't get questioned now some of it because of that scope of time we also had you know a lot of people getting really really wealthy extraordinarily wealthy in the mid to the early to mid 2000s that just wanted to hide their wealth and not pay taxes on it so they're blending their money in with all of this blood money that's coming from the movement of arms human beings drugs nuclear material even mm -hmm. cigarettes people like that's a big industry right it's like so the 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 worst things that we can think of in terms of profit centers 
off of human misery that crime syndicates, international transnational crime syndicates are involved with is getting blended in with the money from people who are just wealthy because they're benefiting from a boom here or a boom there that this dirty money once laundered is helping to enact in where they live in the West. And then they're throwing their money through this so they can get around the tax avoidance. Why? Because they have the same lawyers and the same finance managers and the same accountants. So it yep. does come down to that uh, white collar class of lawyers, accountants, and finance managers and hedge fund managers that are enabling all of this. So oh. I always say, stand in the money, ask, okay, how is that money made? Or we're not gonna allow it to go through our institution. If that was put in place in Jersey, uh, we wouldn't be here talking about any of this. Frankly, I don't think we would. I do think it's connected um, to uh, oh, yeah. all of the other crimes on the island, if not sure. simply from a very easy place of saying, look, when no one's willing to look at any corruption, all corruption is available. Yeah. And, and so it's a lawless, things... lawless place. It's a, I mean, maybe somebody jaywalks, look, if a kid steals a candy bar, He's going to get stick, stuck in a home. The law will show up to put that child in a home, um, you know, it, but the law was not showing up to then protect that mm -hmm. child from the crimes being committed uh, by the state. Sure. I mean, I mean, hey, hey, look, I, I've, been, I've been politically imprisoned three times so far. I know. You know, I've become Jersey's first political prisoner since the Nazis got thrown out. And, you know, they can do that kind of thing. You know, yeah. but they, they, you know, they'll abuse the, the system, but they, they clearly when they do stuff like that, they're not going after actual, the real criminals on the contrary, because people like me and the things I was doing and working on were actually a threat to the transnational mafia syndicates. And I try to popularize um, a phrase when people look at places like Jersey, people think of them as tax evasion jurisdictions. Uh, to build on your point, it's much more fundamental than just tax evasion. What places like Jersey are, are law evasion mm. jurisdictions. Yeah, places right. like Jersey represent a kind of quasi, uh, a mystical kind of parallel universe to the proper rule of law, as is supposed to be shared in by responsible nation states and to work internationally. I call it the, the, the dark zone. And that's why the authorities in London are always absolutely rigid in their refusal to investigate anything to do with Jersey whatsoever. They want to keep this artificial firewall between the United Kingdom and between Jersey, like the things that are going on and go wrong in Jersey are nothing to do with them, nothing to do with the United Kingdom, which isn't the case, of course, you know, constitutionally, ultimately, you know, the British state and the, and the monarch and so on do have responsibility for good governance on the islands. But they, the, the when you, let me explain it this way. Look at a place like Jersey. Ask yourself, what is the product of Jersey that makes it host to trillions of dollars? And, you know, it's billions of money going through this place each year. What is the product that the island succeeds in selling, you know, to the, to the money world out there? That, well, product, just... is what you call, that, that, that product is what I call the non-law. You know, the yeah. mobs and mainly city of London mobs are the people that really control places like Jersey. With, with a place like Jersey, their product is the ability to switch 
on or off like a tap the rule of law mm -hmm. and and you know and that that's yeah, that that's what the product is. It's that's, the invalid, that's an incredible commodity. Yeah, it's yeah, an it is incredible, incredible commodity. commodity. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So you know they they call it financial services, but really it is a turning a blind eye to whatever bad stuff these guys might be doing. Now, one of the famous residents of Jersey is uh, this man, Roman Abramovich, who is the owner, uh, very famously, of the Chelsea Football Club, which anyone who follows football is in in the UK would know this is a huge thing in America. They probably wouldn't recognize the name, but they, I'm sure you do. So the, um, you know, Roman Abramovich is a spectacularly wealthy gentleman. He comes from Russia. He's one of Putin's favorite oligarchs. He's the 13th mm -hmm. richest man in, in all of Britain, even though he doesn't necessarily live there. Um, but he has a personal fortune of $9.3 billion, which is phenomenal, considering most of the money was probably stolen from the, from the Russian people. I would say probably because a lot of the oligarchs took their money from the from the state resources and made it off privatization. Mm. So I'm not suggesting he personally stole it, but that you know it came out of that wealth. Um, in um, in he tried to get a, a residency in Switzerland. He was rejected in 2016, and then in 2018, along came the the Jersey and gave him a high value resident. Um, uh, state status, which basically means he can live oh. in Jersey. He can't live in the UK. He can live in Jersey because he's got a lot of money, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that that's pretty much pretty much how it goes. I mean, certainly, for example, there's a Jersey law firm which has been controversially in the news recently. Ogiers, the Ogier Group, you know, involving a, a major like defrauding of a trust fund. That same firm and those same lawyers were running a, 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 a kind of a, a, an offshore finance vehicle called FEMACO in the early 1990s. And that was basically laundering hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, the reason Bromovich a Paris based bank. And these are the same these are the same mobsters, basically people like Julian Clyde Smith and Tim Lecoq, who's now the crown appointed head of the legislature and head of the judiciary wow. these people were running these rackets and these are the same people that have had me like illegally imprisoned the same people that participated in the clearly illegal suspension of the good police chief graham power when graham was you know the, the police force under graham's leadership were investigating some really serious foul criminals who were the clients of ogers mm. of the ogier group and remarkably, when the illegally suspended police chief, Graham Power, attempted to bring a judicial review uh, against the uh, illegal suspension, the case was presided over by Julian Clydesmith, part-time lawyer, part-time judge. And Julian Clydesmith failed to declare the profound conflict of interest he had. He failed to declare during that moment that, that he, in fact, was representing as a private sector lawyer some real toxic villains that the police force under Graham's leadership were trying to bring to justice. Now, this is just open, this is open judicial corruption you know, in just, the 21st century Britain. And I just want to circle back as well to Abramovich, because the reason he was not being allowed into the, U the United Kingdom and the United States is because he's been sanctioned for his interference or his government's interference in the American elections in 2016. So now, you know, Jersey's decided to flout those sanctions by letting him come on over, give us your billions and have a hot, nice house here under the protection of the Queen, even though the United States and the United Kingdom have sanctioned him. Um, and, you mm -hmm. know, that's just astonishing when you think about the, the 
you know, her, under her watch, under the royal watch, the sanctions are being flouted, money's being moved around uh, from Russia, and she knows what's going on. I mean, she knows, well, she yeah. must know that the her government is, you know, <laughs> it's wholly invested in, by, by Russia, and uh, and so is the American government. Uh, she herself, the monarch herself, does a private banking through Jersey. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right. I, I, I believe it is. But let, let, let's kind of step back from it and let's assume that the monarch, Queen Elizabeth, is not actually doing stuff criminally or knowingly herself, but is simply surrounded by, you know, really contaminated and toxic courtiers and power influences. Like, for example, the City of London Corporation, which date, dating back to Magna Carta, and this is still the case to this day, in many important respects, the British monarch is actually constitutionally subservient to this ancient structure, the state within a state called the City of London Corporation. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I think, you know, one of the things that the British state, and I blame its security services and others for this, the British state somehow should have found ways of defending and protecting the monarchy from these kind of contaminations, mm -hmm. you know, Sleaze, you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, her son, Andrew, being entrapped. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the, the British state has catastrophically failed, actually, to protect the institution of the monarchy. And all kinds of, you know, consequently catastrophic things have happened in Britain now. And in some ways, you know, a lot of this will have been, you know, deliberately planned and done and worked out by the Russians over decades. You know, with Brexit, for example, you know, getting Britain out of the European Union was was an, an, an undisguised Russian long-term strategic mm. objective. And, you know, it's massively weakened the West. Brexit is catastrophic, frankly, for, for Britain, let alone, you know, the, the interests of Western democratic proper law enforcement. It's just disastrous. And I think Britain basically didn't avoid the bullet that the USA has just dodged. Because you know, if, if Trump, if the insurrection had succeeded, frankly, you know, we would be looking quite possibly at events that would be leading to the end of civilization as we know it. Britain, um, unlike say in World War One or World War Two, you know, and I think we are in a kind of de facto world war. Unlike in World War One or World War Two, you know, the European bridgehead, as it were, of Britain, this time has been defeated. I mean, we've, yeah. we've been, Britain has been defeated by there's the Russians. A, there certainly has been a sense that they've been swamped by the Russian money and that has corrupted yeah. almost everything. Um, and yeah. maybe even the monarchy, yeah. the, you know, maybe that's even the, what's going on. LB, you know, okay. it, 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 well, it's I, that I, serious. It, it's very serious. Uh, um, I think Andrew's official job and title and the powers that were vested in him by his mother between 2001 and 2011 when he was the sort of trade and financial envoy uh, uh, i think i think that's why that there's massive trouble i do i think that's yeah. the underbelly of, uh, of the secret of both what was actually really going on with epstein and you know who was a master by that point uh, by the by the by towers, but frankly, Zev, like which was done in '95, um, even before then, because of his work at, with Bear Stearns offshore, 
the one thing Jeffrey Epstein was a genius at, he wasn't much of a genius at, and that really, truly was, this guy was not that as bright as like Alan Dershowitz in his underwear want you to believe. But the, the thing that Epstein could do better than anyone maybe on the planet by the time of his first arrest uh, was set up offshore havens for clients mm -hmm. and network mm -hmm. those havens to one another through financial services organizations. So um, when you go into the offshore leaks database and you see how the Queen's money is connected, uh, being pushed through Jersey and being set up by Appleby and uh, you know all of that, that was done by Andrew while he had still a quite a powerful relationship going on with Jeffrey Epstein. And I think that's at the core. If everyone just looks at the money, just look at the yeah. money. The crimes against the children are, are horrific, and they allow mm -hmm. us finally to talk about the money. So mm -hmm. what Epstein must have mm -hmm. done for Andrew while he was running around the planet, especially in the Middle East, and with Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, with the, with the, with the former Soviet Union, uh, creating vehicles for the crown's money as uh, to grow it and pushing that through Jersey and other offshores, I can actually, Islands, all the other territories. Can, so I can say for sure that, you know, that there was more than enough speculation at the time that, uh, and it was print reporting to the, to this effect that Epstein was, was used to go around and say he represented the queen's money, that he was also a yeah. uh, part of, of, uh, investing in the queen's fortune. And you know, that when, um, he was first arrested, it was Prince Andrew, that intervened on his behalf. That's why he got That's the lighter right. sentence. So you've That's got two right. instances there where we know that he was involved in the money management of, of the royal family and that the royal family intervened to get him off that case. And then on top of that, he was very, very close with Appleby in in, the, in Bermuda or Bahamas, one of those places, Amen. where he had an Amen. office. Amen. Yeah, we had an office at one of the Appleby um, um, big offices there. And so those are all the yep. same structures that we find happening here in Jersey. Um, you know, you've got the, the royal family, you've got, you know, the, the crown, you've got Appleby, which is this financial services firm, but really it's just opening up offshore holdings for anyone without really checking where the money's coming from. And you've got Jeffrey Epstein, who's got uh, a human trafficking ring, which entraps politicians in order to keep them silent, um, which sounds a lot of like what's going on in Jersey, or what went on in Jersey, yeah, at least. The, the law firm. The law firm Appleby Global, which is simply, I mean, it's important to start recognizing, I think, uh, just as the public, that the vast majority of mafia activity in the world doesn't involve, you know, running around having gunfights on the streets. Yeah. You know, as, as Roberto Saviano has written so well about, you know, in his books, you know, Gamora right. and Zero Zero Zero. The, That's right. The, the big, big mafia activity has what he terms the their civilian wings, you know, not actually street hoodlums, but the, you know, the real big, big part of the mafia, global mafia syndicates are what, what Roberto Saviano describes as the civilian wings of the mafia. And those are by and large law firms. If you look at any really big, successful law firm, certainly in the city, certainly in the city of London, they're, they're they they are the mafia syndicates, you know, and and certainly the city of London. I mean, you know, look at what's happened to me. You know, I've I've got a a unique attribute here. I, so far as I'm aware, I am the only human being out of all of the populations of the Council of Europe member states, 
not the EU, the Council of Europe. So that includes even places like Russia, which are supposed to obey the European Convention on Human Rights. I am the only human being in all of that vast population who has never been able to obtain legal representation. What do you mean by that? No, I, I've been completely politically suppressed and oppressed, you know, a victim of judicial corruption, and I've never, ever been able to get a lawyer. Because there's no, there's no public defenders there either, presumably, no. in New Jersey. There's just a system of rule. And you, and you talk about this one time when uh, there was a secret proceeding, and this is one of the reasons you were, you were jailed, was a secret proceeding for you posting something online about what was going on in Jersey on your blog. And, uh, and that was done by, I guess, a privacy commissioner or a data protection commissioner that had been established. Actually, it was the excuse, yeah. And, and the law firm that was representing the other side, uh, you know, whoever that might be, was Appleby. Yep, Appleby Global, that, that's correct. I mean, Appleby, the, the whole campaign against me and the child abuse investigation is a straightforward act of, frankly, undisguised political oppression and suppression by Appleby Global. Appleby Global is simply a transnational mafia entity. Let's not beat about the bush. And, you know, other, other big entities like Apple, you know, Apple computers and Google, frankly, colluded with Appleby Global back in 2008 and 2009 and in the years beyond in the covering up and the sabotage of the Jersey child abuse investigation. And, you know, like evidence that when they were prosecuting me for supposedly breaking the data protection law, I was having to defend myself. You know, they should have disclosed all relevant evidence to the defense side. And they didn't. And I only just only discovered many, many years later that, you know, basically, you know, the the Appleby Global side and their their witnesses were committing straightforward perjury, you know, in court against me. I just want to underline and, that, because what you're saying is actually true. That Appleby got a court order out of the Jersey court to stop you from publishing details of what was going on in Jersey. And they forced Google, you know, big, clean, do no evil Google, to take your blog posts off the webs of the, of the internet, based on this ruling by this corrupt court in Jersey. And so yeah. the people of the world didn't get to hear about what you knew about the crimes going on in Jersey. And uh, then a lot of it, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then this this company, and you, and you've got this documentation. Just I want to show everyone what you've shared with us tonight. And I think this might be the first time people are, are seeing this. I mean, here is the Appleby um, court document and the and the letter they sent to Google, which very clearly asked them to take everything that you have on your blog site down, and to that you should not be allowed to refer to anything going on in Jersey in terms of criminal issues that are going on in Jersey. And they're demanding this based on a criminal proceeding that, by the way, looks like this because it's completely secret. It's completely redacted. So no one can see what it looks like. This looks like a Mueller document, you know? There's nothing you can, there's like maybe two paragraphs in this entire court ruling that you can actually read. And, you know, Google does a decent enough job fending it off the first time in this email that you shared. But at the end of the day, they succumbed to the pressure from Appleby and this elite class of Jersey to suppress you and your voice, but mostly the reporting around some of this abuse that was going on in Jersey sure. for 40 years. That's absolutely correct. I mean, throughout the kind of like the criminal prosecution of me for supposedly breaking the data protection law and the later uh, secret proceedings, which, you know, 
it actually got reported on eventually when it concluded by the Jersey Evening Post, which is the only reason I can even refer to the existence of those proceedings. Those secret proceedings were kind of like basically civil proceedings taken against me in the name of proxies. And, you know, I, the first time, you know, yeah, it was just, you know, an extraordinary situation. And at no time, you know, either back in 2009 uh, and 10 or, or, or whatever, was that those kind of documentations were disclosed to me. And, and again, either through the later civil proceedings. And indeed, you know, I expect probably to get arrested and put in jail again at any any other time. I mean, you know, you can compare my situation to say Alexander Navalny. At least when he's being arrested and put in prison by the Russian state, it isn't actually being done by direct friends of Vladimir Putin, uh, people who are directly conflicted in these matters, sitting in court as the judge. You know, <laughs> and he gets legal representation. Yeah. I, I've had none of that. Now, I was really the only. To understand the contextualization of this a little better, Jersey was a very and always has been a very, very depoliticized place. There was no meaningful political opposition. So I was frankly the first ever and only significant, really to this day, kind of opposition political figure mm -hmm. that Jersey has ever had. And, you know, I've always tried to fight corruption, make the place do the right things uh, and clean, clean the system up. You know, as you would expect a good progressive, you know, kind of opposition to do. And I've been repeatedly politically oppressed and suppressed and silenced for doing all that by directly conflicted judges and without any legal representation. It's unbelievable. And of course, Duvalny, when he was arrested, the first thing he did was call for Abramovich to be sanctioned and for Usmanov mm -hmm. to be sanctioned because yes, he too he believes yeah. that that's the reason uh, he is, uh, you know, having to be facing yeah. this time in prison. And then he too thinks that that is the pressure that needs to be applied on the British government and on the American government in order to change things in Russia, which is, you know, sort of where this comes to. At the end of the day, for this transnational trend to be stopped around the world, these people who are coming into the West with their billions and billions of dollars and buying up real estate, which they, you know, money that they gained illegally from the Russian people on behalf of Vladimir Putin, they need to be stopped. I mean, there is no other way to defend democracy until these people get pushed back. Yeah, and it's important to, um, this is one of the things, you know, I, I've, I've learned a great deal from, you know, following, you know, um, LB and others. It's important uh, to under, understand how mafia methodology works. You know, a lot of the people, they, they just get involved in doing something wrong. Not necessarily, I'm not talking about child abuse here. I'm just talking about basic low-level corruption. And people do stuff wrong. They turn a blind eye to crimes. You know, they don't carry out their jobs efficiently or, you know, or lawfully or properly in a non-corrupt way. And it only takes them to do something a little bit wrong like that. Then they're suddenly trapped on the escalator mm -hmm. of, of yeah. greater and greater corruption. That's why so many of the people have done corrupt things on Jersey, like, you know, multiple conspiracies to pervert the course of justice you know, in the actions taken against me in the child abuse investigation, misconduct in public office, you know, racketeering, fraud. The vast majority of those people never imagined for one moment that they were effectively participating in and becoming key components That's in the right. concealment of child abuse or, you know, transnational serious organized crime. But they did. That's and, that, and once you've stepped onto that escalator, it's very, very difficult to ever step off, especially 
when you have the kind of absolutely toxic monopoly of power that exists in Jersey. One of the reasons the Jersey mob did this flip the script maneuver against me, one of the reasons why they illegally suspended the good police chief was so that they could then use the police force and the prosecutions to suppress me. And, you know, when that kind of thing happens, it was done, you know, there were multiple motivations for the Jersey establishment. They wanted to cover up the child abuse. They wanted to cover up a lot of other really serious crimes too, including a lot of financial crimes. So they were able to make a profound and frightening example of the police chief and the senior senator in the Jersey parliament. This was like a this was like the kind of Jersey equivalent of just gunning somebody down in in broad daylight in the middle of a street. Now, when mafias do do that kind of thing, it's done as a signal, as a big warning sign to anyone else who might be threatening their business. You know, and so the Jersey equivalent of that was crushing the police chief and crushing the senior senator. And this was done as a warning sign to anyone else on the island who might be thinking about rocking the boat. You know, this was a big, big showpiece by the island's establishment and their allies and supporters and protectors in London to say, see, if you jeopardise this system, we can do this That's to true. people no, no less than the actual police chief and the senior senator. And, you know, if we can do that to these powerful people, you know, in high positions of public responsibility, just imagine what we can do to you, you know, if you start rocking the boat or jeopardizing things for us. So it was very much one of the things that, you know, I call it, the, it's not just a child abuse situation. I use the expression, the Jersey situation to describe everything that's gone so criminally and chaotically wrong on the island. And really the only way, looking at it objectively and impartially, the only way that Jersey will ever get cleaned up in places like Jersey is if this corrupt reversal of the deterrent effect has to get reversed. You know, it's it's the easiest thing in the world on Jersey to do the wrong things. It's made inviting and easy for people. You know, they get nice houses, they get good jobs, promotions, money. They get up the Jersey social, you know, social circle and circuits and all that kind of thing. And it's made so easy and tempting for people to do the wrong thing and anyone that comes along and tries to do the right thing, clean up the system, you are blocked at every single avenue. And when I was a politician, I was actually, you know, one of the good guys, you know, trying to oppose this stuff. You know, even even before, you know, the child abuse situation came, came to light, whenever I tried to do good, progressive, you know, decent things, you know, as a, as a Jersey politician, it was always made nearly impossible to succeed there were obstacles after obstacle after obstacle put in your path and whereas if you just kept your mouth buttoned didn't rock the boat you could just you know lay back and you know just you know watch the money roll in and have a nice quiet life and get you know lots of routine positive stories about you if you were a politician in jersey's you know corrupt rag of a, a newspaper the jersey evening post so it was made to do the right thing in Jersey is immensely difficult and it's far, far too easy to do the wrong thing. And so the that that kind of perversion of the deterrent effect has to get reversed. And that's how we can tell the if the UK government 
um, stops being corrupt and is capable of rescuing itself. This is one of the, that's one of the yardsticks by which we will be able to judge whether the UK is capable of constitutionally rescuing itself is when that perversion of the deterrent effect is reversed and put back in the correct way as it should be, whereas it's very difficult and hard and frightening and risky to be a crook and to do the wrong thing. And it's much easier and more inviting to be one of the good people and to do the right thing. Can you and run for senator still, again, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you there. But it's, uh, could I? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm de facto bankrupt. I mean, when two other good Jersey politicians, Deputy Trevor and Shoda Pittman, were driven out of office, I, actually I was approached to run in one of the resulting by-elections. Mm -hmm. And literally the next morning, once their seats had been declared vacant, um, they were, they'd been bankrupted out of the Jersey part. Literally the next morning, this was like some years after all these like, ridiculous legal proceedings against me, suddenly a couple of guerrillas from the local judiciary came hammering on my door saying, um, here's a summons to legal proceedings. You you owe the, the Jersey government, I forget what the exact sum was, £250,000, something like that, to pay for the state cost of the, like, prosecution uh, and stuff against against me and you know that was you know you can't be a politician if you're bankrupt so they knew immediately you know that was my you know that was their they're putting their kind of wooden stake through my heart you know as a, a potential political problem but if you, you had know, money and, which could you then if you had resources could you then run for office um i i, there, I could do a, a I, regulation uh, stopping you, I guess, is what Zev's yeah. asking because of the prosecutions against you. Uh, does that uh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't think so. No, but I mean, I, the the bankruptcy kind of sword of Damocles. You know, you know, I I've, I've got health problems. You know, I, I you know that caused me you know problems. You know, and I I basically my I don't even have a functioning bank account. You know, <laughs> I, I survive. I have to live on on benefits, and frankly. At my age, the thought of going back into all of this toxic, toxic environment under the current, I mean, my life is in danger, okay? I expect literally to get killed, you know, in any day. I, I live with that. You know, I've actually got, I have routine death threats, including, you know, like I've had warnings from the Jersey police force, you know, about actual death threats made against me by some very, very dangerous individuals. I mean, the Jersey mob has never gone so far yet as engaging in kind of open hits that we see in some of the other European kind of mafia islands. You know, um, everyone was very, very shocked when Daphne Cruyff Glitzio was murdered with yeah. a car bomb. Um, that kind of thing doesn't happen and hasn't happened on Jersey so far, but it could uh, and, and it probably will one day because the stakes are so immense we're talking about geopolitical considerations and you know unimaginable fortunes um you know and basically what i represent and the fact that i'm still fighting this war against you know the the, the jersey the jersey situation i am a the fact that i'm appearing on this program i am a i'm a profound risk i am the most serious and significant political risk and power risk that the ancient Jersey mobster system faces. So, you know, I, I, have, to, I, have, to, I have to live with 
that kind of that kind of yeah. potential. Right. Well, I yeah. want to say something to you, Stuart. I, I want to say something to you, okay, so that people can hear that this when they're watching this. Um, so watching how you handled yourself in the footage in that documentary when you were a senator and knowing what it's like to be somebody who's trying to blow a whistle, but also mm -hmm. staring at real evil and how difficult that is when you were trying to expose what was going on there. Um, I think you were incredibly heroic and inspiring and showed tremendous strength because you knew you were standing in the right. You knew you were standing in the truth and you knew what your job was and that was to protect those children. And um, I just want you to know how clear that is to see for everybody who's not on Jersey that we see you and that I saw how hard that was for you and I know how hard that is and um, so I'm sorry I'm sad that it's such a uh, a lonely place right now there for you but I want you to know that um, you have been seen and you have been heard well, thank you. That's so kind of you. I mean, I've people occasionally say that kind of thing to me. Um, but I think the, the remarkable thing is that it's not that there's anything particularly remarkable about me. You know, if you're a politician and, you know, even just a backbench politician, let alone having responsibility for child protection, if you start getting information drawn to your attention that child abuse has gone on, well, you, it's just it's the normal thing to want to investigate it and right. to stop it. That's right. You know, That's and, right. And, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a carpenter. I'm not, you know, I haven't been to university. I don't have a good education or whatever. I haven't been to university or anything like that. You know, so there's nothing particularly, you know, smart about me. You know, I'm just a, an ordinary person. The remarkable contrast here is that just how toxic and so far removed from those normal civilized expectations the, the 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 jersey establishment are and just how you know just how and they can't even just see it they, just, they no. can't even see it i mean that was what was clear to me is they just didn't know that thing you were saying about it's so easy to do what's wrong and so hard to do it right and that needs to be reversed but people who are doing what's wrong they think they're doing the right thing because it is so easy and because there isn't any pushback mm -hmm. and they think that and they're getting rewarded so handsomely for it you know if you had kept your mouth shut and kept doing your job and kept succeeding and climbing the ladder at the end i don't think people realize but at the at the end of that road for you if you had done what they all were doing is a knighthood you know the queen ends up knighting you well, um that's that's the, that's yeah. a, i'm just saying that's the top of the career chain there um so it's when when you end up when you end up being quiet and keeping all these things secret and looking in the other way and then you end up being becoming a sir this or sir that um it's hard to it's hard to grasp maybe that you're the bad guy mm -hmm. um, i mean just 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 to just to be clear about that Knighthoods are never given to elected politicians on Jersey. Uh, okay, not, not, all right. Not, well, not, ministers. It's only, it's only yeah, the lawyers. Right. Only the lawyers. Okay. Well, you could have got it. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's the, the folks at the top of the top of the thing there. 
that's what's waiting mm -hmm. for them if they keep their if they keep keep the keep the status quo going to where the wealth can continue to grow. And you know, Stuart, I really do think that there is a sorry. Right. I just I was going to say that there really is uh, something remarkable about you. You don't actually get that many people who fight the system for this long. Um, and who come from the background that you do and are absolute heroes in terms of championing the rights of people who have been uh, violently abused for decades and uh, and never giving up. You never gave up. And uh, even even in last night, I mean, it was such redemption, I think, for you in terms of the public perception of how yeah. uh, how much you've done over so long. Never once have you doubted that and never once have you given up. And these children and uh, and their families and frankly, everyone in Jersey should be thanking you for what you've done. And uh, it's great disservice that they're treating you like this. And hopefully that can change uh, the more the public becomes yeah. aware of your plight. Well, perhaps. I think um, whilst, you know, the film was very good, um, you know, and, you know, things like that 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 film and, other, you know, people like Leah McGrath Goodman, you know, who's worked on these issues, you yes. know, for like, it's probably over yes. a decade, you know, a, a, alongside me now. People have done all kinds of heroic things and we do get these kind of stories and this kind of coverage out there occasionally but I became very you know I've become battle-hardened and very experienced about these kind of things and I know that no matter how good it might make you know uh, people feel you know that the survivors the whistleblowers or people like me or whatever or even a really great positive media story doesn't actually mean we're going to win the war yet you know, the, the, you know, you know I, I you know I think that I think the cleaning up I, I hope the you know the 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 getting rid of Trump and that absolutely terrifying you know insurrection which you know I, I watched it from this side of the pond and it was terrifying you know I think I, I tweeted this I'm saying you know civ civilization is hanging by a thread yeah. you know because had that succeeded you know frankly the world would have been cast into chaos uh, and bedlam but the U the USA just managed to save itself just on the precipice and i'm ve i'm very hopeful that the usa you know will you know now and indeed you know it's starting to better financial regulations and i hope in a geopolitical sense you know that the usa will use its you know influence on places like britain and, and other places to start cleaning up their act and you know as i was saying before it's only really when we succeed in reversing that perverse reversal of the deterrent effect only when we do that, you know, will it become places like Jersey become safe, you know, and, and clean, you know, and, and I should tell everyone um, that they can watch the documentary uh, on the BBC The show is called Storyville and the documentary it's called is called Dark Secrets of a Trillion Dollar Island. Um, and it aired last night for the first time in BBC four. Now there's a little trick if you want, if you have a VPN player, you can probably access the BBC player. Um, and watch it directly, but you have to, um, you know, sign up through a UK server, which means using your VPN. I'm not encouraging people to do that, but you could. Um, and if not, no, I'm I, sure it I, will I show think elsewhere. Actually, the film, the film has been posted, I think, on YouTube. Yeah. Now, oh, so good. Okay. I think that might, might be, be up easy, long, easy. but yeah, but good. try to look for it. Um, and I want to thank you, Stuart. Thanks for spending time with us tonight and and telling your story thank so you, givingly. But... Uh, it's been the longest I mean, show we, we've we ever done, barely, actually. So we've <laughs> that barely, barely scratched the surface. You know, this is the, the tip of the tip of the iceberg, and you know, I I could go on, you know, and explain lots of other situations and experiences as well. You know, I'd 
you know, I'm very grateful for you having gone, and I, I would look forward to you know carrying on this dialogue, you know, at some point in the, in the future because I, I think it's important, you know, for the well, you know, for the broad public good, you know, that these kind of things get spoken of. Absolutely, and it's important that people realise this is a global war we're fighting against transnational crime. Um, so that's uh, mm -hmm. that's it for us for tonight. We will see you again on Friday for the after show. Thank you very much for being. Uh, here with us tonight as we've tackled this really challenging story uh, and we'll be back on Friday. Thanks for watching Narrative. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.